Hello and welcome to this CDO interview series. My name is Eleanor Trahan-Jones and I'm the CEO of Kensu. And I'm delighted to be speaking today with Salima Rice. Uh, Salima Rice is the Chief Executive Officer of CDO Today and also a 25-year tenure Chief Data and Analytics Officer with previous roles um, as a partner at Accenture, um, at Bain Capital and Allegis Group in an impressive career spanning multiple industries. Salima, thank you. Thank you, Eleanor. Happy to be here today. Everyone's talking about generative AI, um, generative AI without a strong foundation of trust in data is, is clearly going to struggle. And, and you highlighted the importance of data quality and data governance as a foundation and underpinning for uh, so much of what's possible within mm-hmm. um, the kind of data team. How have you tackled you know, chief um, achieving that kind of uh, good data quality and data reliability um, in the various roles that you've had. Well, you know, data governance is um, is is typically, I would say, outside of financial services, is not easy to sell, right? So um, it's a it's an investment, it's a time commitment, but the rewards are so great. And I think that especially in the generative AI now, we're seeing the importance of knowing that what you're producing, the output of generative AI is trustworthy, right? And so there's no way that you can trust your data without having that, you know, concrete foundation there. It's like building your house on sand, right? And so, um, for me, it was really around um, in the early days, like I said, in financial services, it was a lot um, easier in the sense of, you know, being able to set up a framework, build a po- the policies and procedures, work with audit to ensure that we're not building policies for the sake of building policies and that, you know, it's really being going to be audited, you know, and how we're managing data, how we're using data, how we're curating data, who has access to data, um, and really creating that single version of the truth, right? I mean, a lot of times we forget that if we don't master the data, you know, you might have you know, 80 or 100 variations of one vendor or one supplier. So how do you ever really, you know, um, see the big picture unless you're putting in these foundational components? And so um, for me, like in financial services, I had responsibility for everything that kind of fell within the realm of data governance. So I asked to have the metadata, I asked to have, you know, reference data, um, the master data, and I think, and data quality as a part of that. So that it sort of tells a story of um, and interesting for um, Kinsu because, you know, you know, back then we didn't have a, a data observability type tools. We actually relied on building models off the logs and off the metrics mm-hmm. and being able to really um, show the value of data governance through the metrics right, to be able to tie it back to the cost of poor data quality. So that was a big success factor for me, right? Because, you know, I'm trying to get funding for something and people are like, you know, why do I want to invest in data, you know, data governance? Mm -hmm. And so that's why now, as I mentor chief data officers, I tell them, like, if you're building a product, even if it's the smallest product you've ever built, don't 
skimp on the fact that you need to govern that data. You need to have the quality metrics in there. You need to have, you know, all of the the different control points of data management check the box because that's how you're going to know. Like you're going to feel so confident and your customers are going to feel confident knowing that your models are that precise. I mean, when I first started, I remember you know, 80-20 rule, right? If it's 80% right, we're going to use it. Well, you know, tie that to your checking account balance, right? Like, you know, that's not, probably not going to fly for many people. But, you know, I think that it's a, we're in a different state. And we're seeing that, right, with chat GPT, GPT and these other, golly, and these other uh, tools that are out there that, you know, um, they're great, they're fun, but like, do you really trust it? Like, you know, you really need to fact check everything. It's a fun tool, but you wouldn't want to use that to make decisions about your organization. Mm. So when you were looking at building that model, you know, for the cost of poor data quality, were you were you attaching hard metrics to that? You know, the time spent fixing kind of, you know, issues within the data, or was it more the softer harder to quantify kind of costs as you said like trust um yeah. and the kind of interrelationship between data teams and their kind of the users of that data were you able to incorporate both or how did you approach it yeah i mean so i think that for me i always looked at it as different risk factors right like mm-hmm. does having bad data quality cause us financial risk does it cause us reputational risk Like, you know, and I think that depending upon where it falls in the spectrum, um, I think that it's easier to align. I think that, you know, by having a business owner, ideally where the entry point is of the data, right, needs to own that data um, to say, you know, if we're if if we're actually putting garbage in, we're going to get garbage out. So it's an expectation that you should set within the organization of, you know, our, what's an acceptable data quality range. And depending upon the type of problem, um, it can, you know, it can be very, um, it can be very variable, right? I mean, it really just depends on the type of problem you're solving, the type of industry you're in. Um, if you're in biotech, right, and you're, Um, and you're building a, you know, you're looking for the cure for cancer, right? I mean, there's, um, it's different than, you know, if you're trying to make sure that, you know, your checking account always has the right balance in it, you know, Mm -hmm. or, you know, I think that it just, it is definitely a combination, but I think that it's a critical factor to have those metrics, both on the side of, you know, here's what risk I'm willing to take, but also on, how much so applying a dollar amount to mm-hmm. what this is costing us as an organization, both in time and in dollars, is another way to not only bring visibility to your senior leadership, but also I think the board is almost taking a look at that. And it does something to your culture for the mm-hmm. people in the organization to know that we are the type of company, like we say we're going to like everybody, right? Like every company today says we're data-driven, right? But if you're data-driven and you don't have those things, like it's kind of like, um, you know, a veil, right? I mean, like we don't want anyone to see behind the veil because 
you know, we know that we want to be data driven, but if your chief data officer is not in a position to be the change agent within your organization, how data driven can you really be? And a great way, again, to align with what the business objectives are by aligning on the various risk tolerance levels within the organization, because they may differ from what perhaps the data team thinks those risk tolerances. Absolutely. Um, Before we move off the topic of data quality, what do you think are the, in 2023, what are the top initiatives that a chief data officer should be focused on this year to address data quality and data governance? Well, you know, I think right now, like I said, I I would really focus on um, the products themselves. I think that um, chief data officers are in a very interesting place where, I don't know, a lot of articles say like the average chief data officer tenure is something like two years, which seems crazy to me. Um, But I think that this concept of chief data officers that thrive or chief data officers that dive, it really centers around um, being able to um, have the organization trust you. And so they don't just want to trust that um, the data is good, but they want to trust you as an individual that, you know, that you have their best interests at heart, right? I mean, um, we used to see a lot of silos, right? I mean, and I think that for some industries, the data silos are still um, probably much larger than they should be. Um, there's always going to be, you know, some level of data silos, but to me, when you're building out the data organization and if trust in data quality and being able to um, show your customers, you know, that everything you do is based around these quality fact-based decisioning, then it seems to me that the model that you want of your chief data office is very kind of hub and spoke, right? You want data quality to be embedded in each functional layer, right? Like HR analytics are critically important, but the quality metrics of HR analytics or HR data is very different than that in financial services where they're very GL driven, right? Mm -hmm. And so having individuals with that hub and spoke model that are looking at the quality components and building out those Um, not just the risk tolerances, but the risk factors within each of those organizations, but having a dotted line to the chief data officer or within the chief data officer's organization to make sure we're all using the same libraries. We're all using the same data catalogs. We're all using the same tools and technology so that at so that as we look at you know things like observability and these other types of tools that can bring the view together that we have a more holistic view of not just where the data is but who's using it why are they using it what are the outcomes like these are things that you know 20 years ago why we started data why data even started becoming sexy because board of directors would get 10 15 different reports and they would have the same measure on every report with a different value and they're like you know throwing their hands in the air like somebody do something and that's kind of how chief data officers even came about right i mean um and so i think that 
right now, chief data officers are in a critical place where as they're building out these new products that in 2023, they can really focus on a very small number of attributes and be able to show the business, show their customers, internal and external, um, you know, really a view of not just the outcome of the product itself, but how valuable the data is that's used within that product to be able to tell that story of here's what happened, here's why it happened, here's what's going to happen next, right? And it, and be able to deliver that kind of in a single package. Saliba, <laughs> thank you so much for talking yes. to us today. It's been an absolute Absolutely. pleasure and I'm sure there's so much more that we could have covered. Um, for more interviews like this, uh, please do go to cdomagazine.tech uh, and thank you very much for your time. Thank you.